everyone, this is Elise, and you're listening to UCSC Slugcast. Today, I'm going to be sitting down with three members of Tuanas Press. Tuanas is an organization of students of color for students of color, specifically centering their experiences and struggles of their community in both art and journalism. Tuanas was founded in 1979 as part of a struggle for Native American and Third World Studies at UC Santa Cruz. To hear more about the organization and what they do contemporarily, you'll now be hearing from three of their members in part one of our Tuanas series. Great. Um, I'm Galilea. I am a Tuana signer. Um, I use she, hers pronouns. Um, I'm a literature major with a concentration in creative writing, and I'm a second year. And hello, everyone. My name is Leslie. I'm a first year uh, majoring in community studies, pronouns she, her, and I'm a Tuana signer as well, and I'm super happy to be here. Hey, uh, my name is Andrea. I use she they, she, they pronouns as well. Um, I am a Tuana signer. This is my second or third year being a signer. I'm a crest major. Just for the people listening, could you explain um, what a signer means or what that role entails? Yeah, a signer is someone who is financially and legally responsible for an organization uh, of our campus. If someone could talk about Tuanas as an organization and its history at Santa Cruz and sort of its roots in our school. Basically, Tuanas started, um, it actually started as Tuanac, which is the, um, Tuanas stands for Third World Stories and, or originally standard for Third World Stories, and, oh, Third World <laughs> Native American Stories. Um, but instead of stories, it was coalition. So Tuanac actually was a political group that like was inspired by uh, the apartheid in South Africa and all these different um, movements going around the world at that time period. And they would like stage like protest, um, hunger strikes and stuff. And then the 80s, I think they decided to start an alternative journalism group um, that focused on communities of color. Um, and yeah, and then recently we changed the acronym to Communities of Color. But um, Andrea could probably tell you more. Essentially, the org started as a space for POC at UCSC to organize. And um, there was this really big hunger strike um, at, at, in the late 80s. Um, and that was kind of what set off um, Tuanac, which would later become Tuanas. Eventually, the org transitioned to doing newsletter and newspaper, um, and they were so amazing. We have such a rich archive of years and decades of publication, and I, I would say around um, 2010, maybe 2008, there was a big, there was another transition to more artistic journalism. Um, and just artistic publication with an emphasis on visual arts um, that hadn't quite been the focus of Thuanas in the past. And um, we kind of have kept um, that tradition going, um, at least like our generation of Thuanas. But um, we would love, I mean, at least I personally would love to return back to the roots of, of that hardcore journalism that they were doing um, that was intended to 
give more spotlight to communities of color at at um, at UCSC because the newspaper at the time, which was um, City on a Hill, didn't have the same kind of opportunities or I guess just like equality in terms of you know review and 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 perspective. Um, and you know, of course, things have changed now between City on a Hill and Duanas, but that emphasis for solidarity has always has always been there um, in a way that I feel like other student orgs haven't necessarily, um, you know, kind of put emphasis on on solidarity. Yeah, um, I was just gonna add to what Andrea mentioned earlier about like the hunger the hunger strike that Juana's had. Also, like a lot of it was connected to like the third world. Uh, like an ethnic studies like the departments and like the programs and like how there was like no majors or like just basically how there was just a lack of ethnic studies movement in like colleges so Tuanas like the founders like they were excuse me they're like a really big part of that too and like they had like demands for like just making it a more inclusive space for like BIPOC and um, it's like really interesting because when we had like we had a conversation with the founders like recently, like even though it was through Zoom, but it was super cool because they were telling us like everything that they did, like an actual hunger strike. And like, that's like a really big thing where they got like other colleges too, to also do it. And like protesting like crazy and like just for ethnic studies to be born. And especially if it, for it to even be like its own, like, like technically even now, I think, at Santa Cruz, it's not even considered its own like department yet. It's still like just a program. So like, it's crazy because like for them to even just have that as a startup for like us, it's like we have to push and push for it to be a department. Um, but yeah, they shared with us like some really juicy things about it. And like, I think one of the, was it, who was it who came out? She was like the main, in the video we had, she's like the one yelling. I think it was it was Nike? No. I think I thought it was Ellen. I thought oh, it was yeah. Ellen. Yeah, Ricardo. like we have a video of her like during that time and she's like protesting and we saw her like through Zoom, which would have been cool in person, but like we yeah. saw her through Zoom and she was like telling us like, oh yeah, you know, like we were protesting and like it's like that was you, like that was you. <laughs> yeah, uh, that video is awesome. She's like, do I look meek? Do I? And then they're like, no. It was just like, the energy is astounding. Mm-hmm. Like you're like a feather. Like it was beautiful. <laughs> yeah, there was a feather in her hair. No, just like such a moment. But actually, I want to add something because what Leslie said, I for- I remember that when I first learned what Duana that Duana's like was one of the initiators for there to be a CRES program and for there to be ethnic studies at school and they worked along with professors and like we're protesting for professors to be tenured as well. So I think they had like 10 professors they wanted to tenure and out of like the demands only one did. Um, and then another request was like a, a college for Native American and BIPOC students like alone. Um, and ob- obviously there's no college, but you know, like a, a very like serious list of demands that like, I feel like we still kind of have in our, you know, the goal is always just to have that space I think, and it's just like remains um, throughout the multiple generations of this organization.
Yeah, that's incredibly interesting. And I was also looking at those initial demands are incredible, like asking for faculty and what you're saying about having an own your own space. And it's it's pretty insane how all these demands of the Third World Liberation Front are still like tens of years later, just unfulfilled. Um, so I guess my question to you all is, that was the mission back then and sort of, I wanna know what is your mission today? Like, what are you hoping to accomplish um, with your work? I'm gonna just say our mission statement currently is Duanas <laughs> facilitates an open, inclusive space for individuals at UCSC who hold various identities across all intersections to creatively express issues that affect all communities of color um, through journalistic and artistic mediums. And we accomplish this goal by producing a publication twice a year hosting a website online and engaging in critical dialogue in our member meetings. But of course, like with everything being online, this has taken a bit of like a shift. So we, Thuanas has gone through a lot of changes this year, but we've still done a lot of amazing things and still like held this mission statement to like our, I don't know, like our- Our core. Yeah, basically, yeah. Thank you, Leslie. Damn, Leslie with the mission statement. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to just like expand on that, I think the goal changes every time we have a new team. I, I've I've been in Thwana since I was a sophomore and I've worked with, I want to say like six different people at this point, like in leader, like six other leaders. And every time... I mean, I feel like nearly every time we do have different emphasis on different areas of um, connection with with the community across campus. And I think right now with the team that I've been working with the last few months, we've just put our, our all into love, <laughs> just like, you know, love for self, love for community, love for the planet, um, love for our education. And we made the commitment to love um, before Gali and Leslie had actually joined Seat Lali, who's unfortunately not here today, um, right at the beginning when she had joined um, along with a few other signers um, who unfortunately weren't able to continue in, in the group anymore. We, we're heavily involved um, with the Cola for All movement and the People's Coalition movement that was happening on campus. And we were fired up, man. <laughs> like, Duanas was super involved with all of the protesting that was happening on campus. And when we came together to, you know, put in our resources to, to, mobilize as as Thuanas and as this as this org we decided that like what what was the point of it all if it didn't come like from a place of like authentic love for each other and our own selves and it's just been the most exciting thing to see that unfold because I feel like it can be very very tricky to do what what we have tried to do like to to be an activist or to be an organizer like those things have so much like like so often they come from a place of ego 
and performativity and and acceptance like wanting to be accepted by other people um and and that's okay you know like it's not a bad thing to have those experiences but it can make it tricky to for your cup to be full if that's where it's coming from or if you know those things get in the way of the work that you try to do and when we made this dedication to like loving ourselves and each other it was like those pressures or those kind of barriers just like stepped to the side because it wasn't about um it just wasn't about ego anymore or it wasn't about like you know whatever I could say so many things but I feel like ultimately (laughs) ultimately now it's just like friendship and community and it's really cool and art you know and just like always finding a way to anchor ourselves or orient ourselves to art um, and and self-expression which is something that POC like across the lands of all like settler colonial states like are unable to do or so often like denied um and at UCSC like like BIPOC voices are silenced all the time you know and and that's just that's what we're here for um and like finding love and liberation through self-expression through the arts um which is such a beautiful beautiful experience I guess just going off of that, you said it brilliantly, but if anyone else wants to share what they think, like what role does art play in liberation, art and journalism for you personally? Um, Well, I'm actually very interested in journalism and it's like what I plan, you know, I'm a literature major and I love creative writing, but I'm also looking to, you know, go into sociology perhaps and get that kind of like other aspect of writing, um, you know, like surveying people and just like getting that information. So like, as Andrea said, I'd really be interested in the coming years of Tuanas to like kind of make a divide or make like a second magazine, you know, it's it's all very like what we have time after, (laughs) after like our main academic studies to do. But I feel like we have found a way to entwine it. And like a lot of my classes, I like rep Tuanas like consistently, Um, but for me, art and journalism, like I think art is needed in any movement for liberation. It's just, it, it's just needed. Like the feelings you get when you are in a movement for liberation are something that has to be expressed. And like, of course, like people have like very different ways of expressing it. But for me, at least like, I think like my clearest, the, the knowledge that I've attained about race, about like ad- identity, about politics, like has come from like, poetry has come from people's like novels has come from like memoirs you know and it's like these you know like people like artsy right ah you guys are you know and people don't like to take it seriously because they think like something about I think art feels really useless to people in activism at some parts but I feel like um or like even you know performance activism I'm not I'm not talking about performativity I'm talking about like you know um like yeah, about actual um, performances put on by activists, yeah. Like interventionist um, things, which UCSC is also pretty known for, or like has a lot of like great interventionist um, art um, events all the time. So for me, I think art just gives us like a language, you know, to express these feelings we have that sometimes don't fit into theory or don't fit into, 
like kind of a, a stat don't fit into statistics. Um, so that's that's what I would say art is for me. I just think it's super important because it's a really big part of healing, especially in people of color and like just any, just everything. I think everybody needs it. And yeah, those are my thoughts. Yeah. Ooh, can I follow you? Wait, something you said reminded me of something else because I was thinking about what you said, like, it's not uh, like it's not like POC that like just destroy the concept of art as something like active it is colonialism and it was like you know this like white interpretation of like art like so that nobody could touch it nobody could interact with this piece right whereas like in other cultures an art piece is surrounded by like it's like it's an altar and it's mobile and you use it for rituals and you use it for that you know like in at least in like a past that I never got to be a part of like art is not static at all right so I think like our conception of art as useless and I was just thinking about also like there's a in Crown Merrill when you go up or Merrill when you go up to Merrill from Crown Merrill um, there's a little like quote and it's like Oscar Wilde and it's like you know the murals that they have and it's like all art is quite useless and every time I come past it I'm just like ew like like no it's not I don't know what Oscar Wilde I'm not a big Oscar Wilde reader I don't know what he was trying to say probably something actually like very deep and important <laughs> or something but to me like right just taking it to that face and it's funny that it's like in an art mural right but to me, I was just like, no, you know, not art is not at all useless. It is like, obviously, we wouldn't keep doing it. We wouldn't feel the yearning to like express ourselves in this way if we didn't have all these like conflicts that like we need to put out on whatever media you choose. So, yeah, I just wanted to nod to colonialism real quick. <laughs> but it's <laughs> I feel like art is just at least for me like art is pleasure and pleasure like they don't want us to feel pleasure like specifically like BIPOC and like pleasure goes against capitalism goes against imperialism goes against all of the things that are necessary for this apocalyptic world to operate and the intention to create art for leisure and connection it it doesn't serve the state you know so of course there's not there's always gonna be this like mm, i don't know just a like complete disconnection That's it for today's episode. This was part one of our interview with Tuanas members Leslie, Andrea, and Galilea. Tune in next week to hear more about their specific events, including their intergenerational trauma workshop. This is Elise signing off.